What is up, guys? Welcome to the Inner Creates Podcast. My name is Alex Krotz. It's so nice of you to join me again today. Now, if you have followed the podcast for a while, you've probably noticed that I've talked about record labels a few times. I've It's not a topic that I shy away from at all. And I also talk about how I don't overly love record labels for most small artists. And a lot of artists think that they need record labels, that that's the end goal here. And to me, it's not. And to me, there are so many different options for that. And there's a bunch of different options for record labels that's coming up nowadays, um, different types of uh, organizations, I guess you could call them, that are actually trying to do record label type stuff, but help artists. Because a lot of the time artists do things and they start building their following and start building their audience and all that kind of stuff. And then the record label's interested after they've already kind of done most of the work. So I don't really love how they do that. And then they sign them, they take all the money, all, all this kind of stuff. So I don't love how they do that. However, there's all these different organizations that are helping that are, that are more of a partnership with the artists. They're realizing what record labels are doing that are wrong. And they are uh, trying to be more of a partner. Where can we help you based on what you're already doing? What burden can we help take off of your shoulders? What can we help uh, supplement what you're doing, you know, so that you can do different things or do more things. Not, we're going to take over everything. Don't worry about it. But we also control everything because we pay for everything. And, and I don't love how they do that. So, um, today's episode, as maybe you can tell by the title (laughs) is, uh, in that vein. And I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to explore this, this thought that's happening, which is, um, to do with the news, recent news that Gibson, who is a, uh, 127 year old guitar manufacturer, um, which if you're into music at all with, with guitars and you're making music, you probably know the name Gibson and, and their, their guitars. So anyway, Gibson is now, uh, getting into the record label business. They're starting record label. Yes. Uh, so they're calling it Gibson records. It's out of Nashville and they're doing a, as they say, it is a strategic partnership with BMI, which is the fourth biggest music company in, uh, in the music industry and BMI, you know, normally you think of Warner brothers, universal and Sony and, and these big record labels. BMI is right up there. They're just not the big three, but they're still very well known. They still have a lot of pull, uh, and they're, they're very large. So Gibson is doing a strategic partnership with Gibson or with BMI. Um, and as they put it, uh, in, in I think it was the, the president or something put it, this venture will include a strategic partnership with BMI, which will provide label services and distribution for Gibson record releases. So you know, first off, I just want to start out with saying, I don't know what that means <laughs> because to me, a strategic partnership that will provide label services. So what is Gibson doing and what is BMI doing? What is the advantage? Is it basically, uh, going to like BMI is doing the distribution only. And then Gibson is doing more of the helping the artists part of it. Is Gibson basically doing the A and R and the development of the artists, but, uh, BMI is doing all of the other stuff that a label would normally do. So it's kind of an extension of BMI label. Like what exactly is going to happen? That's where the, the, the line is a bit gray and I'm not totally sure, um, my worry, my, my hope is that Gibson is, is, uh, making a good deal with BMI that they can get more out of this and that artists can get more out of this 
But my worry is that they're going to basically make BMI the label, but Gibson is the name. And I don't like that because that might uh, infringe upon the deals that they can get and, and, and will give BMI an upper hand when dealing with deals for artists. And unfortunately, that's going to be a lot like just a t- traditional record label. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm really hoping that's not the case because as I'm going to talk about today, the idea, if they don't allow that to happen, could be amazing for artists and for a whole new uh, world in terms of uh, of these kind of record labels that are by by brands more than record labels by record labels. Okay, so uh, which we'll talk about in a minute because it's it's hard to kind of explain in one sentence. Anyway, yeah. So Gibson's getting into this and. I'm really curious and what I want to explore is, is, is this good? Is Gibson getting into the record label business good? They're a massive company in the music space already. Uh, you know, they're already in music. They've already done a lot of stuff, which we'll talk about with artists. And, uh, so is it good that they're getting into the record label side of things? Is it good or bad? Uh, what are the advantages? Um, and what could this mean? You know, there's not a lot of details, so I'm going to talk about what I think it could mean and what I hope it means. Um, and also some of my reservations, what could be bad about this? Where could this lead? And, and hopefully it doesn't, but you never really know. And then, you know, what could this mean for artists? How could this impact artists? on a good side of things and, and on a bad th- side of things. So, um, so first off, uh, they announced this, they announced the new record label along with the fact that they are going to be doing the, releasing their first record is that's going to be released is slash from guns and roses. So he's doing a new, uh, solo record. Miles Kennedy is going to be the vocalist on this record. Who's, uh, you know, he's very well known in his own right. So, there, that's the first record that's coming out on Gibson records. And Gibson has had a long history with slash. They have signature slash guitars. There's tons of different things that they've already done with slash. So there, this is not a new partnership, but as slash and his manager were saying, they shopped around, they tried to share the the record with a bunch of other labels. They kind of shopped around for deals and they ended up going with Gibson because of, um, some very, uh, good, they they felt good about it. And as, uh, as, as slash puts it, it's an honor to be the first release on Gibson records. It's a Zenith in our partnership for sure. And having worked so closely with Gibson for so long, I know they will be a label that genuinely supports their artists creatively, not just me, but all the artists they choose to work with. It's perfect. So that's what, that's what slash says about the partnership. I am really hoping, and I, you know, I hope Slash has the best interests in mind. I feel like a lot of these big artists can think about a little more than themselves. They can think about the industry that they're dealing with, that they can think about other artists. You know, Taylor Swift did that when she released her record and wouldn't put it on Apple Music until Apple paid for the free subscription. So I'm hoping that Slash is thinking the same thing and that Slash genuinely believes that the label will genuinely support their artists creatively. I'm really hoping that he has actually thought about this and that that is the case. And I think he can, he he's in the position that he can do that. He's in that position, but the downside of this and my, my, my first reservation is that Slash doesn't have to go with them. They have to give him a good deal for him to go with them because as he said, they shopped around the record. They shopped it around to various places to get the best deal. He has that opportunity to shop it around to get the best deal. Small artists don't have that. Small artists kind of have to deal with what they're given because, you know, one labels, they're not, no label is fighting for them. Whereas Slash, because of his name, 
labels can fight over him, which means they'll be willing to take less in the deal because they know over time it's going to pay off because there is a massive return on this. So uh, that was uh, very interesting. Um, so is this good or bad? What does this actually mean for record labels and, and for the music industry in general? So first off, the president of Gibson Brands describes the label as a major step in the evolution of creative artist partnerships. Uh, and I think that's, that's kind of, uh, how I feel about the whole idea of a brand starting a record label to help artists versus a record label, a traditional record label. And why do I think this? Um, it's a collaboration as he's puts it, a collaborative, collaborative, <laughs> a collaborative artist partnership. And what that means is like, they're going to be releasing a, a line of signature guitars with slash again, probably for this record, you know, the, the guitars he used on the record, whatever. But for smaller artists, it's the same kind of thing. It, it, it could be very collaborative instead of a record label. Traditionally, their, their product is the music. Their product is the artist. They sign the record, the, the record deal to make money off of the artist, off the artist's music. Whereas somebody like Gibson, for instance, and, uh, this expands from there, but Gibson can make money off of other things. They are interested in growing their brand. So it's this record itself and working with artists is a marketing ploy in itself because they have a reason to market something. They're also making money off of other things that they choose to do. They can, they can make slash guitars. They can make slash guitar picks. They can make branded amps. They can make a whole bunch of other things. They can make a bunch of, uh, they already do this on their YouTube channel and all these kind of things like playthrough videos. They can make behind the scenes videos. They can, they can, you know, they can leverage this in so many different ways. They have a bunch of like live video sessions and that kind of stuff as well. So they own the masters. They don't have to deal with anything else or sorry, they don't own the masters, uh, which I'll get to in a second, but they are very involved in this process. So they kind of have a, a, a leg in the door instead of trying to get other artists in to do these live sessions, to do whatever. They don't have to worry about that as much, um, because they're already so involved. They are the record label distributing it. So they can do these different kinds of things. So to me, it means that there is more opportunity for the brand to market and to do other things and not screw the artist over the, because the whole point of record labels, the whole thing I don't like about record labels and why I'm so intrigued by this, this notion for this record label is the fact that they have an opportunity to not screw the artists over. Uh, the biggest problem with big record labels is they screw the artists over because their profits used to be the, the records and the artists would make money on the live shows. Nowadays, nobody buys records, which means the record labels are like, well, we're going to turn this deal around and get money off of everything else because we now have the same product as the artist is trying to make money off of before it was a bit more collaborative in the way that they could make money off of one part of the side of the pie and the artists could make money off the other side of the pie. And it was kind of even nowadays record labels still want to make the same amount of money, but don't you know, want to compromise and the artist is the one getting screwed, which is ironic because the, the artist is the one that's making the product for the record label. And I've talked about this a whole bunch. So anyway, Gibson has the opportunity and, and frankly, any brand that is a product focused brand has a different thing that they can do. They can now are, they're separating that income again. So artists can make money on the music itself and the brand or the record label can make money or the record label itself can actually run at a loss to promote Gibson brand itself, the actual Gibson brand of guitars and all this other stuff. 
and they can see that that way. Uh, I worked with a, 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 uh, another company at one point and it was Converse. And we did a thing called Converse Rubber Tracks. And they had a studio in Brooklyn where they did this. They did pop-up versions of this all over the world. And I happened to be part of the one in Toronto. And what they did is they basically, you know, rented the studio out for a week and just had a different artist every day come in for free. The artist didn't have to pay for anything. And they would just they would book the studio, the engineer, all that they pay for all the food. They'd all this kind of stuff. They'd give them free shoes, um, for the, for basically so that they could say they did this. They could say they helped us out. They could take pictures of artists with Converse on. They would hopefully, you know, people would talk about it and get the Converse name out there. So it was a big marketing thing. These big brands, you always forget these brands have a lot of money to spend on marketing. And so one of the ways that they can do this is by sponsoring different artists in a way. Uh, you know, you see that a lot with Red Bull. Red Bull associates itself with, um, really extreme sports and extreme things like that. So this would be a way for music companies to be able to associate themselves with artists and with developing artists, with bigger artists, with smaller artists. Like there's a whole bunch of different things that could be done here. And if they, if they approach it right, then it's really, they're, they're kind of giving money away. They're helping an artist. They're, they're using it more as marketing than anything else because the artist then talks about them, but the artist isn't compromising what they make. They're not compromising their music. They're not compromising what they're actually making money from because they're still making money off of their, their music. So the, the second good, uh, really good part about this as slash has said, um, is that he owns his masters. He's going to retain the ownership of his masters, which is really interesting. You know, he said he signed for a multitude of reasons. And he said that it's a, uh, an artist friendly deal in which he will retain the ownership of his masters. And that is super, super exciting because that shows you that the record label, which is Gibson at this point, doesn't the, their product that they're making and they're getting out of this is the, still their guitars and still other things and the marketing side of things. So Slash can retain the ownership of his records uh, of the actual masters because regardless of what happens, uh, even if they sign for one record and then Slash doesn't work with them again in, in that capacity, um, Gibson can still use this record as promo material for their guitars and stuff like that um, for years to come because they signed that section of basically that section of time and those creative things, the behind the scenes of making the record, they can promote those kind of things with an association with their guitars. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, you know, they just have a different, different side of things that they can make money off of and that they can promote. Whereas traditional record labels are, it's a conflict of interest frankly, it is a conflict of interest for record labels because they are selling the same products as the artist, but they're taking more of the money <laughs> basically. Um, unfortunately. So, so with this Gibson can use it as a marketing tactic, essentially, obviously slash has a history with this brand and you know, he, he knows he has good reach. The, the brand has good reach. But I feel like down the road, this can really help with smaller artists as well, because the brand can use the smaller artists to, uh, to show that they're helping develop the music industry and everybody in the music industry wants to feel like 
Uh, everybody wants to, to have a brand that they feel is developing. That's why a lot of people are always calling to boycott Spotify because they're not paying enough and Apple's paying more. So go with them or whatever. They, they liked title because it was, we're getting the high quality files out there. They're helping the, the industry itself and everybody in the industry kind of realized, well, artists in the industry, obviously not executives, but artists in the industry want to feel like we're being supported and we're helping support other artists and fans want to feel like they're helping support their artists. So, you know, in that case, people will be more willing to go buy the slash Gibson signature model guitar because they know they're supporting slash and this partnership and this way of life. Um, so I, you know, I, I'm hoping that that is the case. This could go really South, you know, I guess the good and bad, this could go really south because of the fact that they have this strategic partnership with BMI. And we don't know really what that, what that looks like. And if these brands see, oh, we're making this much money on our selling our guitars and selling our, our stuff associated with slash from this record, you know, we could make more money if we still own the masters. So we're not going to give them the masters, but so that's where it could get a little sticky. That's where it could get a little bit unfortunate if they get that in their head, if people get greedy, basically. And I really, 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 really hope that that doesn't happen because it could be such a fruitful relationship between not only Slash and Gibson, but everybody else in this, uh, uh, small and big artists with companies, whatever they're sponsoring, you could have a Gucci record label, as long as they hire people that know what they're doing, uh, for the actual record label part of it. Don't use people who deal with fashion to deal with the record label. Um, but you can tie them in together. And frankly, I'm amazed that even Apple and Spotify haven't started record labels to help do, you know, original songs and music for the record label. But, but this is kind of the step in that direction in a way. And, um, you know, they have a bit more conflict of interest because of course it's still a music vein, but other companies like fashion companies could start record labels, kind of like Converse started a way to help artists. And, you know, they're helping a lot of small artists with one day in the studio. That was the Converse rubber track thing. But other artists could dump $10,000, $15,000 into an artist's record to help them make a record. And they could really help small artists like that and get a bunch of things they could help promote. You know, it's kind of like Warp Tour and that kind of stuff. And I'm sure it would cost less than some of those sponsorships, but yet help small artists and help the music industry flourish with smaller artists being able to get their foot in the door, basically. Because a lot of the problem is that artists can't afford to make the records, can't afford to do music videos, that kind of stuff. And, and these brands can help that and then also promote it because... For Gibson, they have quite a good follow. I think they have like 2 million followers on Instagram and their, their YouTube channel is quite doing quite well. So they can help leverage that to help promote these artists. And then these artists are something that the basically helping them make content for their YouTube channel. So it's, you know, it's, it's good from both perspectives. They get content and the artist gets promotion. You know, <laughs> I can, you can see how this can go further and further and further because of that not conflict of interest that, that there is. So, um, that is, is very interesting in, in its own right. And I'm, I'm interested because, because here's the other thing too, uh, a lot of record labels now I've been noticing with smaller record labels and smaller artists, especially in the metal scene, when a music video comes out, the music video comes out on the, uh, there's two options. Either it comes out on the artist's YouTube channel or the label's YouTube channel. And this is a very simplified way of looking at it, but there's two places it can come out, right? A lot of time nowadays, it comes out on the labels YouTube channel, which is great. And it probably gets more reach and whatever, but it's the same music video. 
it's the, you know, album version of the music video they're putting it out. And so now the record label technically makes money off of the YouTube channel that they're growing with that. The other option is that it could come out on the artist's YouTube channel and help grow the artist's YouTube channel so that they could make money on that. Um, and grow the artist's brand, but it's not going to come out in both because then it's going to be a direct conflict of interest as to which one do you send it to? Do you send it to the one with the record on the record labels channel and get more views on that one or the artist's YouTube channel? The artist is going to want their own YouTube channel and the record label is going to want their YouTube channel to grow. So it's again, a conflict of interest. However, when you look at this, this very simplified version from the, the perspective of right now with Gibson, Slash can make a music video paid for by Gibson and the record label and put it on his YouTube channel and he owns the masters. He owns all that kind of stuff. So that's good. It promotes his YouTube channel. But at the same time, Gibson being a guitar company goes, well, we want a live version of the song. We want a live off the floor, uh, video, a different style of video to showcase you playing the Gibson guitar that we're now selling. So they do that and put it on the Gibson YouTube channel. Both complement each other. Both are different pieces of content for the same music that do different things. The music video itself promotes the record and promotes Slash's YouTube channel. And the live version promotes the Gibson YouTube channel and promotes the other artists on the Gibson YouTube channel, as well as promotes the guitars and the behind the scenes from that's from a Gibson perspective, because they want you to buy the guitar that he's playing that made the record right? You see what I mean? And so those kind of things are now two different products that you're getting out of the same song and the same music, um, that are not conflicting as much. And when you get to, to record labels, they are, it's all about, it's all conflicting. Everything's conflicting because they all want the same style of stuff, depending on how you're focusing, uh, branding and, um, promoting your, your record label. So, you see how it could go really well with that differentiation because the brand is focused on a different product than the artist. And I think that could go really, really well. And I'm really excited to see where that goes, because like I said, you can fashion companies can do it. Uh, energy drink companies, food companies, um, tons of shoe companies, uh, who knows? There's tons of, tons of options that I'm probably not even thinking about, but there's tons of stuff that artists need and that artists use. So why can't they, uh, be influencers essentially within this thing? And they don't even have to really promote it on their own channels, but the, the brand itself can promote it on their channels. And if they make content and help make content for that in exchange, the, the brand pays for the record to be made, which the artist owns the, the retains the ownership of the masters, which means they can make money on that record for time for years and years and years and years to come. Meanwhile, this big brand got promotion for a year or two and beyond from making and being associated with that, that artists, that record for that artist. And I think it's just going to, it could be a lot less messy that way. So speaking more about Gibson itself, they have been doing a really interesting thing and they've been trying to do similar or not similar things, but things within artist relations for a while. So for instance, they've been working on, uh, they have a Gibson generation group, which they call G3. They've been working on this for years. And what it is, is, is it's a, um, they're, they're thinking about it now as a way to kind of work on artists and help artists and develop artists to be able to then sign them and put records out for them. But currently, um, you sign up and you can, anybody can apply to this thing and Gibson generated, as they put it, the G3, the Gibson generation group is 
Gibson's two-year mentoring program for generations of guitar players. Members are endorsed by Gibson brands and showcased across Gibson channels, reaching hundreds of millions of viewers globally. They receive one-on-one mentoring from our entertainment relations team and the opportunity to participate and perform at Gibson experiences and events. Uh, The Gibson G3 members can preview new products before they're released and create content for Gibson TV and much more. So really, it's a great idea. Um, They are paying, they're basically developing artists well getting content for themselves because they're growing their own channel by allowing, they say you're allowed to create for Gibson TV, but they're getting content for Gibson TV. Otherwise they would have to figure out other content for Gibson TV. But this way it's giving them content and it's giving these artists a boost for their own kind of thing. Uh, you know, it's, it's perfect. It really is perfect. They get mentoring, they get one-on-one mentoring from entity because it's in Gibson's best interest to promote these people and go, look, your buddy or somebody on your level is also playing Gibson guitars. You should too. And these people will, will get products before the release so they can test them out and then they can make content and they can shout them out and they can be the first people playing the new guitars and the new whatever other product they can come up with because these companies have a plethora of ways they could go based on for this for Gibson guitars and guitar players there's tons of different stuff um so anyway this GT G3 group um is really interesting and they and Gibson's been working on this for a while and they now say that they're going to look at that as a way to help develop artists to where, to a point where they want to sign them and release their record. And if these artists can still retain their masters as they develop, then Gibson gets associated with breaking this artist and all of the things that they created while they were going through this mentorship program. And then through the, the fact that they were on the record label, they put out this record. So they get tons of stuff, the tons of promotional material, all this kind of things. And they're associated with these really cool up and coming artists that they're breaking because they have a platform. And by having that platform and promoting these artists on that platform, they're helping grow those artists own platform for future. And if they do it in a good way, Artists won't want to leave them. Artists will want to keep signing with them if they keep uh, growing and and trying new things. And and it looks like Gibson is trying new things because this generation, this uh, G3 uh, program is fairly new. I think it's five years old or something like that. So it's fairly new. So it looks it's Gibson is trying new things. Record labels are stuck and not trying new things. Gibson's trying new things, which means hopefully the record label's not where it ends and they continue to try new things and try new products, try new ways of promotion, all that kind of stuff. And by doing that, uh, they will have more to offer artists, right? And in return, artists can give the, give Gibson more because they're, they can be involved in more and shout out more stuff. And, and just, it's a, it's a really good relationship or it could be, um, if this goes well. So how do I see this in the future? Um, I see it being really good as I've, as I've kind of said, I've see it being a good thing. The, the one thing that, uh, there's, there's kind of, I'm not sure about is if it's good or bad for small artists, because put it this way, brands might be looking for bigger artists to be associated with certain brands are only going to want the biggest artists, but the biggest artists already have an upper hand in dealing with traditional record labels because they have the platforms and they have the, the name that the record label wants to be associated with as well. So, uh, you know, certain brands are going to try and do it that way where they try and get Rihanna or Drake or something like that. And maybe it'll be good, but 
you know, hopefully what ends up happening and the other side of this is that brands want to be associated with smaller artists and be associated with the rise of a smaller artist. And that could be really, really cool to see because you might get some more niche uh, things because, you know, obviously record labels, big record labels want big money, which means they sign a lot of pop stuff because that's what's on the radio. They think very traditionally, that's how they make money. Um, these new brands getting into this could sponsor more niche, uh, styles because they want to be associated with that style. So metal, for instance, there's a lot of different jean companies and clothing companies that want to be associated with more metal styles, which means they could sponsor metal bands, which traditionally don't get a very favorable hand when dealing with record labels because metal's not a hugely profitable market, but for these companies, it could be. And, you know, we saw a little bit of that, a little bit of these sponsorship kind of things, but from a record label standpoint, it, 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 especially right now, because it's new, this could be a big turning point. This could be something really cool for, for, for bands, for artists and for brands in general. So I'm really interested to see what they do with that and how they go about this. Um, but I see that it could be good for small artists if, brands look at it that way. And it could be good for big artists. If brands look at it that way, unfortunately, I'm not really concerned about big artists because they've already got it made. They, they, they don't even need record labels half the time in many sense, they could hire their own team and figure it out that way. But anyway, um, my big concern is small artists. What are the opportunities for smaller artists? And that I, I really think that this could really well lend itself to these small artists. You know, the brand has marketing promotion. The band has marketing promotion. Uh, they're not competing on the same products. They can kind of both get a different piece of the pie that the other one couldn't have without the other one. Like it's actually something that, uh, complements each other. And I, I'm really excited to see how that works because the brand can now make, uh, you know, for instance, Gibson can make slash guitars, um, because they're associated with them and slash can make music with Gibson guitars and it, it works the same way. Otherwise the Gibson wouldn't be able to make slash guitars because get slash would be like, no, you can't put my name on this stuff. So, you know, it's all this kind of, there's a bunch of stuff and it appeals to people who late make music as well, especially for somebody like Gibson. It appeals to those people because they want to see what slash used on the guitar or on the record. And he says, Oh, Gibson guitars, because I'm with Gibson now and they give me whatever the hell I want. <laughs> you know what I mean? So really cool in that way. And I think there's, there's a lot of possibility there. So it kind of, uh, in summary, it kind of looks like these sponsorships. It kind of looks like the way that Red Bull has sponsored, uh, athletes for a long time. And I hope that this is the beginning of this kind of look into the music industry that brands want to be associated with the music industry, want to be associated with artists. We're seeing that more with brands wanting to uh, have influencers on social media. And this is people doing TikTok dances are getting tons of money to be influencers. Why not music? Why cannot, why can't artists be associated with brands and why can't artists be the ones who make, uh, are influencers for certain brands? As long as it's within the, um, the vein of what they're doing, I think it, it could be there. You know, you, you don't want to see teeth whitening on a metal band. That's not going to work, but, uh, their, their clothing, they need clothing. They use clothing. They have their looks. That's a perfect thing for a brand. Uh, they have just tons of stuff like that, that could be so interesting. And, and where I also see this could go is down to an even local level. If you are a local, I don't know, tattoo shop, you could sponsor an artist for $10,000, uh, make the record. And that, that artist 
talks about the fact that they get their tattoos from you and, and they're in that vein of a uh, tattooed, um, you know, style of music. A lot of people who listen to that style of music maybe are tattooed, whatever it is, you know, it, there's a, I'm not trying to generalize, but in, in a certain, in a certain place and a certain genre, maybe that's the case. So you want to associate with yourself with that artist, with that local artist. So this could help local artists with local brands as well. Um, and, and it could be really interesting instead of just, you know, the, the odd thing, you actually get a year of promotion and a year of marketing out of this for a brand and for artists. And for some of these businesses, you know, $10,000 isn't a whole ton, but for an artist that is like making the record. That is how they make the record. That's what they need. So it could go beyond that. They could sponsor artists for a year and say, we, co we cover all your expenses and we'll make your record and whatever, whatever, whatever. There's tons of opportunity for that. Um, more and more people are starting record labels. And I think that, or some form of record labels. And I think that brands could be great contenders for this as I've, as I've talked about, I think it could be really, really cool. I'm really excited as long as it doesn't start infringing on that conflict of interest again. And we go back down the same rabbit hole that record labels have been going down forever. Hopefully it doesn't go down that way and people don't get greedy and try and screw over the artists because at the end of the day, the artists are what make this possible because the artists make the music that these people can then, uh, basically piggyback off of. So uh, don't screw over the artists. We need the artists to be able to do this, to be able to focus on their art, to be able to focus on their craft, to be able to make music for all of these companies and all these people to thrive. So I'm hoping that this is the beginning of some cool partnerships and some cool ideas because there's tons of different ideas. Even I have tons of, as I've, you know, kind of half talked about tons of different ideas for these brands and what they could do, how they could structure a deal. So it's more about what you talk about than it is about. I own the masters, you know, that is really cool. You do more promotion in that way. So anyway, that's kind of my thought. And that's what I hope happens. And that Gibson is on the forefront of this and that more things follow and more brands see how it's successful. We'll see what happens with Gibson, how it works out. I'm sure it's going to make them a ton of money in the end. And of course it is slash. I understand that it's a big artist already, but the implications of this could be really big in a very positive way or unfortunately negative as well. But I really feel like there's more positive upside in the way that I'm hearing about this so far. I feel like they're structuring it well, you know, owning the masters. That's a huge thing. And when I saw that, I was, I, I was instantly very intrigued by the whole concept that they would be willing to do that. And the more they thought about it, the more I was like, that, that makes sense for them and for the artist and for everybody involved. So I was really happy to see that. Uh, and I'm really excited to see where it goes and how much influence they take from, you know, these energy drink companies sponsoring athletes and just everybody and, and sports companies sponsoring athletes. It's kind of the same thing. It's literally, it's energy drink companies and sports companies, Nike sponsoring Tiger Woods and all this kind of stuff. It's the same idea. You're helping artists. You are helping smaller artists, bigger artists, all this kind of thing that helps your brand. So hopefully they'll take some of that influence from those other companies, uh, in different, uh, different industries and, and, and different markets and apply it to music. It's about time we did this. And now is a better time than any, because, because artists have all these different social media platforms, which means they have more reach than ever before. You can help them get more reach than ever before for your own reach. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, there's so much opportunity now. And, and frankly, it's amazing. It's taken this long, but I think, 
I, I really am excited for where it's going to go. Um, but yeah, so let me know what you think. Go to anacreates.ca slash podcast and go to this episode and let me know in the comments there or shoot me a, a message on Twitter and let me know what you think of this. If you're, if you listen this far, thank you so much for listening. I hope you found this interesting. I, th- I hope you found this thought provoking and I'm, I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on this. What could be good? What could be bad? What you hope to see? Uh, what brand, if you're an artist, what brand would you love to work with? What brand do you think you could compliment and they could compliment you. You know, it has to be a good partnership in that way. Not just, we want their money. They have a lot of money. That's not a good partnership. (laughs) So anyway, with that being said, that is it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe if you haven't already on your favorite podcasting platform. I will see you in the next episode. Well, you'll hear me in the next episode. Anyway, until then, always be creating. (laughs) 